Welcome to Rogues on the Road, discovered in 1812, naked and afraid under the deep and unforgiving canopy of Central Park. This indigenous duo sold their share of the Louisiana Purchase, swam to Port Chester, and set up shop with their co-host, the Standby Gypsy. From their humble beginnings, Rogues on the Road has quickly become the longest-running and most popular food and beverage podcast in recorded history. So, sit back, pour a cold pint, and tighten your spray skirt, you ninny-muggin. Good afternoon, welcome to another episode of Rogues on the Road. Uh, we're here at Nooch's Pub and Grill in uh, Millbrook, New York. I'm Rich. I'm Matt, and uh, we are here with uh, Doug Giles from Wallbridge uh, Farms, which is about... Ten minutes from here? Ten minutes from here. If you drive slow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we were originally going to do the podcast... Um, at the farm. At the farm. And we arrived at the farm. And Doug was like, There's a pub down the road. There's a pub down the road. We're like, Game on. <laughs> yeah, I needed a drink. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sunday. It's 12 o'clock somewhere. There you go. So we came, we came down here. And this is, if you're listening, this is a classic town pub. No frills, shot in a beer. Love it. Great local vibe. And a good burger. And actually, one of the, actually, one of the best burgers I've had outside of Maui. Wow. And I'll talk about it. Actually, one of the only burgers I've had yes. I- in life. Yes. Because I don't do burgers. Yeah. It's we, like we, my fourth burger ever. Yeah. We, we drove here. <laughs> we were driving here this morning, and Rich was like, I don't eat burgers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Is there a reason, though? There is. Just you were talking about like, it. I just don't do a massive meat. Well, actually... Even steak, I won't do. But I think maybe growing up in England, meat tastes totally different than it does here in the United States. So I'm trying to work out why. Maybe climate, maybe grass, feed. There's just a totally different taste of beef here than there is back home. Is maybe the way they cook it? No. I, I, I think it's got... It's got to be, it's got to be feed, grass, I guess. Probably genetic, yeah. genetics and feed yeah. are going to have the most yeah, influence. Right. Yeah, I was in Maui and had, I mean, these cattle were feeding on some of the richest grass I've ever seen from this volcanic soil, mm. and it, and it wasn't, it wasn't even a, a matter of like, yeah, maybe you can taste the difference. No, it was. You can taste. You things. literally could taste the grassiness in the beef and the texture. Oh. And the, yeah, yeah, and it was. And you're like, okay, this is the way probably beef should taste. That's funny. We had a conversation with a guy that I'm trying to sell a bull to the other day, and he's like, "Oh, I went to this diner and I had a wagyu burger." A what? A wagyu. Wagyu. Like so wagyu. Kobe, like Kobe beef. Okay. But it was ground burger, and he said it was the best burger I've ever had in my life. And I'm like, that's funny. Because I bought a Wagyu bull a couple of years ago, and I can sell you a half Wagyu, half Angus bull. You can breed your cows. You can call them Wagyu. You can make the best burgers you've ever had in your life right at home. He's like, how much is it going to cost? I said, how much do you want to pay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I full Wagyu beef, you know. I mean, you can have fun with that. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. So, you, so we, got, we have to chat about that. But tell us a little bit about your farm. We're probably about an hour and a half 
half north of New York City in the Hudson Valley. You have a black Angus farm. How did you get your start and where you're at right now? All right. So, yeah, we're halfway between Albany and New York City. I moved to Dutchess County from western New York in 95 or 96. I really can't remember. Um, Had the opportunity to farm with my family in western New York. I'm the seventh generation to make my entire living from agriculture in New York. Um, I came out here, worked for some really good people, some very wealthy families. Um, Moved to Millbrook and went to work for a man by the name of George Perkins, who started Walbridge Farm in the 50s. He just sounds like a farmer. That's a great name. George Perkins. (laughs) It's actually... Dorothy Sparks is yes. He actually grandfather. He was um, his grandfather was J.P. Morgan's vice president. Oh wow! Wow. Went to Wall Street in a horse and buggy. Um, very very wealthy family, but all he ever wanted to do was farm. So he, he created this farm. So I go to work for an eighty year old man, and three years later he passes away. And his daughter calls me up one night and she goes. I don't want to have a farm in New York. How would you like to buy me out? And I need to know in 15 minutes. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> oh, shit. Not 20. Not 20. No. 15. No, 15. 15. So we had a 14-minute and 30-second conversation. <laughs> um, she held the note, and uh, I bought the cows and the equipment that night on a 14-minute conversation. And, uh, and you're still going. That was 11 years ago. How, um, many, how many acres, heads of cattle? So... Uh, Currently, we have just about 250 head of cattle. The, the main farm is 900 acres, and we lease from surrounding landowners okay. another eight to 900. That's cool. Wow. And how many, so you, 15 minutes, you took the note, and how many head of, of cattle, like, at that point? Probably about 100. Holy right. cow. Sorry. Literally. <laughs> Cows. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Cows. And did you know anything, like, okay, what, um, well, kind of like having a child you learn as you go you also grew up yeah i've been doing it i mean i left the family farm right because i was tired of not making any money and i was just gonna go i still want to farm right but i went to work for somebody else so i get a paycheck and then all of a sudden overnight i'm back to (laughs) donate wow and you've been and you've hit hit the ground running ever ever since yeah yeah you have to though so have you stuck with the same breed of cattle that you started with had the same breed of cattle since I was 15. Oh, wow. um, I bought my first Angus bull when I was 15 years old. We had crossbred cows, and uh, he fixed all the problems that we had with our cattle in one generation. And oh. uh, so I've been an Angus guy ever since. Why Angus? <clears throat> uh, maternal, marbling, they do it all. They're moderate-sized cows. They're good mothers with good carcasses. And uh, we don't. it doesn't cost a fortune to feed them because they don't get to be like dinosaurs. They're not right, so right, big. Right. Um, you know, everybody has a, they give the Angus cattle a knack, say they're crazy, but they're just being good mothers. Right. Yeah. Cause we've heard about, heard? Oh, heard. Man, we got, oh. ton, we got a ton of these boy. <laughs> I, the only thing I don't this have bullshit. The, the only thing I don't have loaded on this is like cow sounds, which I should have, <laughs> right. we should have done. We'll make our own. We can call into one of your cows, you know. Um, I've probably got some on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> so we've seen different breeds like in the Hudson Valley, some heirloom breeds come back. Beautiful. Um, is that just a thing or is it typically when we eat steak as a consumer or we eat beef, is it typically is, is black Angus 
the percentage of what you're going to be. So, yes. Uh, and the, the way that I can quantify that is in the purebred side of the business, the Angus breed registers more cattle every year than the next 10 breeds of cattle combined. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, so we're the king. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. We're yeah. the king. Um, so do you farm for meat and milk or? No, meat. Just uh, meat. The Angus cattle are all for meat. Okay. We do take care of milk qualities because they have to raise a calf. Right. Um, but we don't have to. I'd like to joke that every morning when I come to the farm, the cows are all milk because the calves are all up. The calves are all. all. Yeah. And you haven't clipped any uh, udders yet. That was terrifying. <laughs> that was. <laughs> haircuts. It was like, haircuts. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like circumcision. <laughs> but it really wasn't. It was like a haircut. It's a haircut. They do do that on <laughs> certain purebred That's cattle because a lot of times they'll have an extra. Right. Oh. They'll have an extra one. Oh, wow. So, but they don't do anything. It's just like a skin tag. It's just <laughs> knocking around. Right. So now what? European. <laughs> Hero. <laughs> Got to so, shave a potato. <laughs> <laughs> so, what up? Uh, aside from Wagyu, I think I think consumers know Wagyu, um, and you can visually see Wagyu breed of beef is just being just almost more marbled fat than than actual meat. Probably three times the marbling yeah. as, as the next uh, as prime. Okay. Um, it's. The texture is different. Okay. The, the, the flavor is different. I mean, it's not true Kobe beef. Right. Um, because I don't waste any beer on the cows. But And if anybody's going to get a massage, I'm going to get it. So. And that's what <laughs> and that's what happens to Wagyu beef? Kobe beef. Is, Kobe. Yeah. They, they get a, they stay pretty much, they kind of get locked in the barn and they get some beer. They get a massage. They get a rub down. I'm not sure about the happy ending, but. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you know. Oh, we're going to leave, leave it at that. <laughs> That, thank, that was a well-placed visual. Yeah, it was perfect. I was, you had taken me to like this beautiful Japanese barn and, and then, yeah. and, and then you got coronavirus. <laughs> oh God, let's go anyway. So why, why would, um, with the other breeds that are out there, why would a farmer go with different breeds? Personal preference. Personal or, preference. Or what you can sell. Gotcha. Um, you know, if. You know, the New England area has been known for Hereford cattle um, forever, so there's still a lot of Hereford breeders because they know they can sell them. Um, they all have a little bit of a different personality or, or traits that are uh, superior from one breed to the other, but it's personal preference, I okay. guess. Um, As opposed to environmental situations? Some are would be that. As we get into the south, you know, they have to more of a uh, Brahmin influence cattle that are heat tolerant. Okay. The Angus cattle still do wear very well, but typically they're crossbred with a, a Brahma or a Zebu or um, something that handles the heat just a little bit better than solid black. And the cold? The cold Angus cattle thrive in. I That's mean, awesome. They, they, uh, yeah, they're, it's funny, and the cold influences uh, birth weights and calves, everything. So, you know, the colder it is, the bigger the calves are. Okay. Oh, wow. It's, yeah, scary, but it's, it's something to do with blood flow in the last trimester of pregnancy. And right. And is coughing season what we think it is, like spring? Um, or is that just a myth? It's different know, for yeah. everybody. Okay. More on your management style and what your end game is. Right. Um, you know, purebred show cattle breeders, they want to breed, you know, they're going to have January, February, or January, March, and September calves because that changes the uh, division that you're going to show your cattle in against different ages. 
Um, commercial guys around here, the Northeast, you know, most of those are going to have April-ish, um, you know, spring, spring. We've already started. We're half done. Um, How do you control that? Uh, so we breed, try to breed all of our cattle artificially the first time, and then we turn the bull out. Okay. Um, you know, Sounds if the bull complex. gets lucky, it means I didn't do my job. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, a bull's life. Right? <laughs> you get bad. to eat, sleep, and chase women. Yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> wow, it's tough. So you... So you there's so many different parts to, to yeah. being a farmer, especially, you know, in the beef industry. And so you handle all, all aspects of it from breeding, raising them, and then eventually to slaughter. How, how does the whole breeding, like, is there like, okay, uh, you know, it's April 1, like, hey, we're going to start breeding today, or... March like, 25th. March 25th. Get March 25th is a January 1st due date. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So, um, it's... That's a mess. Cows are, have basically the same gestation as women. So, really? it's 283 days in Angus cattle. So, the easy way that I've always remembered it is I back up three months and add a week. Wow. Okay. That's your from your breeding date to your due date. So, right. if we want to start calving January 1st, we start breeding March 25th. And, um, <clears throat> but with the, once we added the meat side of it, of the business, and we're no longer just doing breeding cattle, to try to get a year-round supply, we've I've stretched our breeding and calving season out a little bit, and we've added a fall time. We calve in September and October as well. Oh, wow. So you're backing up to, like, January at that point? Um, uh, November 25th. Okay. okay. And how many do you typically, I mean, how does that work out? I'm, I'm trying to visualize that one. So the rubber you, glove part? Or? It's a rubber glove and a giant straw, pretty much, right? And, pretty a, C, much. and a C-section? And how do you... No. Always natural. Touch wood. Knocking on wood here. Okay. Um, yeah, no, we haven't done a C-section in years. Okay. Wow. Um, but you, you will if you have to. If we have to, but it would have to be pretty... Pretty major. Pretty major. Okay. Um, we've, we have so much information now that we didn't have 30 years ago. Which is probably more damaging than, than not having. It is a little bit. It's too much to look at. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, the predictors and the numbers that are associated with a sire and how big his calves are going to be and how well his daughters are going to milk and how fast is he going to grow. And, you know, wow. it went from having four numbers 20 years ago to now we have, like, 24 numbers right. that we can. Right. So it's breeding decisions are a lot more than, yeah, who's popular or who's the neighbor got or what's. Right. Um, Pick your fights. Yeah. So, I mean, we put a lot of time and effort into it. And, you know, in the 80s, you know, when I was a kid showing cattle, I mean, they were huge. I couldn't look over the backs of the cattle that were winning at the big shows. And now we've kind of made them a little bigger so we don't have the calving problems that we used to. Uh, makes it a lot easier, and I can sleep through the night now. Right. We used to get up every three hours and check on cows all through the night. Oh, wow. It was That's exhausting. How many, how many cattle, like, uh, you have employees yourself? I have me and my son. You and your That's son, it. and you're managing how many pregnant cows? We have about 100 cows a year. Wow. And it's pretty much at this point kind of clockwork? Yeah, we're rolling right through them. Right. I mean, everybody knows what they have to do. And, okay. Um, you know, try to... I was joking with him the other day. I said, why is it that I'm the boss and I work every weekend and you get every other weekend <laughs> off? 
Right. Hey, good point. <laughs> I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> That's called passion. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. So you, they've, give, they've given birth. Um, how long do they stay with the cows and then... With their parents. Yeah, and then take us the towards their okay. ultimate demise. Uh, so the cows will nurse down the cow for six to seven months, 205 days, because okay. what we kind of like to shoot for um, is the average of the group. And then we'll wean them. We'll take them away from their mothers in groups that are 30 days of age. Okay. Um, so we'll do it like three times in the fall, get rid of our springs like that. And then they'll transition into a diet. They've been on grass. Once we hit May, cows and calves all go out to pasture. They're on grass. So that fall time, we're trying to transition those calves from a milk grass diet to a grass grain, grass concentrate or grass silage kind of a diet, you know, something. And cattle are amazing with what they can eat and what they can convert. You know, it doesn't, it can be grass, it can be corn, it can be bakery waste, it can be vegetable waste from oh, the wow. grocery store. Really? Oh, the, the rumen is a, because we're not really feeding the cow. We're feeding the bugs and the rumen, and they're doing the work. And so as long as we can balance that ration out so that it meets all of their requirements cool. and keep it consistent, wow. they can eat. They're upcyclers. They can take the stuff that nobody else wants to use, bread waste, chocolate waste. Um, wow. I have a friend that feeds steers up near Albany, and they have a lot of grocery store waste. That's yeah. vegetables and stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. And, um, That's cool. They're, and, it's pretty cool. And that affects, I'm sure that affects the taste of the meat. It, not as much as in pork, okay. um, but it does. It uh, does. A little bit. Okay. Um, you know, you can tell the difference between grain-finished cattle right. and grass-finished. Right. Yes. Um, you know, there's there's a huge difference there. Right. Um, Similar to chickens, like we own a few chickens, and uh, they say don't feed the chickens onions or uh, garlic. I'm like, why? Because the eggs gonna taste like onions or garlic. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Similar c- concept, right? Yeah. 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 I'm sure Hannibal Lecter feels that way about humans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to find out. <laughs> no, I'm good. Uh, wow. Okay. So, and we also heard that on your website too. You you mentioned like you've given them some different types of grasses, local, um, and even sunflower, um, sunflower husks or sunflower sunflower meal meal. So, is that from Hudson Valley? Um, cold pressed oils. Cold pressed oils. So we grow the sunflowers for yeah uh, for, Kevin. for Kevin. That's yeah. awesome. Um, we actually just delivered a load yesterday. Oh wow. Um, but. No, it's that is a very symbiotic relationship for Kevin and I. Uh, he wants the sunflowers because he wants the oil, mm. and I want the sunflowers because I want the meal, which is basically the leftovers again yeah. for him. Right. So it's worked very well for us. It's high in protein. It's basically eliminated soy from our cattle's diet, and it's it's cheaper for us to grow, and we use basically the same poundage. Um, so it's helped our bottom line, and Kevin's a friend of mine. So yeah, they're good, they're good people. We're, we're we're due for a podcast with them. Yeah, totally. So could you work alongside breweries that who have good spent question. grain? Ding ding ding. Thank you. 
No problem. It just came to me. Jeez. I don't know why. See it. I didn't tell Must you to shut the beer. <laughs> <laughs> could you use spent grain from a brewery for your cows? We could, as long as we could get a consistent supply of it so that we didn't have to change the diet okay. on, a, on a daily basis. You so know, you that's need a, we need to a, keep it. So you need a big brewery. We need a pretty big brewery. Who's doing consistent shit. Like Sloop. Yeah. Sloop Brewing yeah. is humongous. Yeah. Or They're probably one of the largest in the Hudson Valley. Yeah. Wintertime, it's easier to store those spent grains. They right, don't right, spoil. Right. But like July and August, it goes pretty quick. So yeah, you, right. you not only have to have a big supply of it, but you also have to be able to use it. Yeah. Right. So. And it can it can probably... It, will that stuff spoil? Real yeah. quick, I'm sure. It will. I'm yeah. sure. It'll spoil. Three or four days. If turn turn it, sour, and it, then the cows... It won't hurt won't, them, but they just won't eat they it. They won't eat it. They won't eat it. it those, I guess if you got the moisture in there, yeah. then it's just yeah. going to rot. Yeah. yeah. Right. Wow. wow. That's cool. So there's a lot of options. There's a ton of options. It's just what do you want to... What do you want to... Yeah. What do you want to do? What's your uh, pick? Yeah. And what's the difference? Help us through this, because this kind of goes into the whole labeling, which is a whole other podcast, I think, with the USDA and all that, which we can... Which I think we should touch on. I think we should absolutely yeah. touch on. But yeah. Consumers, what's the difference between wheat, grass-fed, grass-finished, free-range? Like, what should a consumer look for? I mean, the, best, do well, the right? best thing that we've learned is know your farmer. That's right. Know That's your producer. Right. We know the guys that fish for scallops. They right. have their own farm. We, so yeah. you know the story. It's very transparent. But, but most consumers don't get that opportunity. So well, you, no, there's an option. Yeah. Well, they have the opportunity because there's a family farm everywhere. Yep. I mean, even though we're less than 2% of the entire population, you don't have to drive very far and you find another one. Right. 96% of all farms in the United States are family owned. Mm -hmm. doesn't matter what size they are. Right. Some of them are just bigger. Right. Um, bigger families, bigger equipment, but it's still the same idea. Um, the best thing that I can say, just like that, ask. Ask. Um, Grass-fed, as far as the beef cattle side, USDA has given up. On the grass-fed label, they cannot enforce it. If it's grass-fed, it's just like the free-range thing. You if can they, give one handful of grass their entire lifetime. They've all had grass at <laughs> some point because the cows were out on grass. And that's it. That's it. That's it. So they gave up on it. Damn. Grass finished, there is still, that's all they've ever had is grass or hay, hay lidge, hay silage, depending upon what part of the country you're from. Right. They've never had corn. Even though I know when I went to school that corn is considered a grass, Hmm, really? But it's a hybridized grass. It is. is it's, it? a, it's a grass, but technically, I guess when we're harvesting corn, we're letting it go to seed and we're feeding the seed, so that's why it's not okay. considered a grass anymore. But the truth and labeling part of it is a whole, I mean, it is scary. Um, the products that are labeled product of USA, even though they came from another country, um, the stuff that gets put on a label, no antibiotics. There's no antibiotics in any meat that's ever, there's random testing, there's withdrawal times. Even for anybody who uses antibiotics, growth promotants, growth stimulants, any of them, um, there's withdrawal times. And if you ever um, disobeyed the withdrawal time and you were pulled for a random sample, I don't want to make it sound trivial, but your name goes on the naughty list. You're basically done. You're out of business. Nobody's right. going to buy from right. you. You're, right. you're screwed. So why bother? Right. Exactly. Right. I right. mean, it's just, it's right. not. Um, it's not like the Olympics. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not like the NFL where you right, can right, fail your right. drug test right. and come back. Right. 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 You're good. You're good. Yeah. 
Too yeah, much grass for you. You're out. Yeah, there's no 50-game suspension. So. <laughs> wow. Um, our, my label is got very simple because I didn't want to deal with all of that stuff. Right. It just has the farm name and a farm logo, and that's it. Ask questions. Ask questions. Yeah, right. Come to the farm. Right. I'll tell you exactly what it's, you know. I'm not going to tell you that we're grass finished or grass only. There's three blue harvester silos. As soon as you fill up, pull in the driveway. Yeah, right. right. I mean, they're full of corn silage. And yeah. that's and that's okay because you get paid on the final weight of your of meat. of your meat. And I like the way that it tastes. I mean, we're a grain finished. I half jokingly, whatever in the beginning, I said I like repeat customers, and I think ninety percent of the customers like a grain finished product. Versus a grass finished product, so um, we—that's just the way I go. That's the way I like it, right. and that's the glory of glorious thing about being your own boss. I get to do whatever the hell I want, and right. nobody yeah. can tell me no. Yeah, right. yeah. And what? So what things? What? What chemicals? I mean, like, you know, you hear obviously antibiotics, right? Uh, growth hormones, uh, especially in the dairy industry, where they're given hormones and. You know, young women are having all sorts of issues uh, because they're consuming the hormones in milk that we're given. What is the story with all that? It, it's not. There's testing for everything. There's testing for everything. It's whether it's antibiotics or they pull a milk sample at every farm. It's not just. And if you like for the dairy farmers, if they screw up and there's something in their tank and they've already pumped it onto the semi. That farmer has to pay for the whole semi-load of milk. Oh. Plus, they have to dump their milk for a certain number of days before the company will even think about taking them back and buying their milk again. Wow. So, And that's random? That's mandatory. Every, every stop the milk truck makes, they pull a sample. Every day, every stop. And wow. regular store-bought, like, would there be hormones? Is Nothing that a common that's thing? not naturally occurring in a cow. It's, so it's not a common thing. Yet, 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 in consumers, like, it's, no, it's, you've got to make sure that you get organic yeah. milk because if you don't, you're going to get pumped full of hormones no. and, you know. It's not there. You know where you can get a whole bunch of estrogen? Go get a meatless burger. Yeah, go get tofu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, no. Yeah, yeah. It's a can of worms right there. I'm good at that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good. So not much is, not much is given. No. No. One, it costs money. Yep. Um, there's not enough profit margin in these cattle. Nobody's going to use anything, whether it's antibiotics, growth. They're not going to use it if it's not prudent. Um, farmers are the best stewards of the land. They're the best caretakers for animals that can be, not only because they make their living off of both of them, but because they genuinely care. I mean, you... There's no better feeling in the world than I have cow 813 that we pick the mating and we're going to breed her to this cow. And then she has that calf. And you look at that calf running around on the grass in the springtime and black cows with a blue sky on green grass. That's it's awesome. just it's, awesome. I mean, I don't want to sound yeah, yeah, yeah. mushy or You're anything. like a scientist. But, but like, I'm, it's, like, it's pretty call, damn cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. totally. Yeah. You know, yeah. And you know. I created that. I, I I did. That's right. It's a product of yeah, yeah. you know yeah. my long arm blood, and a sweat, straw. blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. totally. Yeah, totally. And I I produced the recipe, and this is my there outcome. You go. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. In the kit, you know, there's cattle that the kids showed, you know, and you, and you remember, my youngest son, 
were in the barn. He's feeding the other day with me, and he looks outside, and he goes, oh, that's 032. That's Miss Amelia. That's the heifer that I showed when I was 14. And that's I'm like, awesome. you're right. That's awesome. You're that's- right. So it's, you know, the stuff that you... We were at a junior show one time, and a, a judge was giving his reasons, his explanations for how he placed the class. And he said, parents that are here with your kids right now, it doesn't matter where you place. Right. You're making memories. Right. That's right. what we're doing today. Right. We're making memories. Right. And that's the way I kind of look at every day. That's cool. I mean, that's cool. Some memories are good. Some yeah. memories aren't. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. we're making them. Yeah, right. right. And it's uh, also, you know, you'd mentioned that you, you have this one Wagyu bull. Yeah. And that must have been really neat to get the first... Uh, first offspring of of the hybrid. It's in there, and I'm not a Wagyu fan. Um, it's a. I see an opportunity to make money. Um, it, it's a business decision for me mm-hmm. to add that to what we're doing. Um, but it was pretty cool to see the crossbreds that we had born uh, in November. Actually, the first ones were born of this of this just this past year, nineteen. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, they're still they're still nursing the cows right now, uh. and they're better than I expected. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 kind of cool. It, it's a whole nother side. I mean, there's some guys that. Uh, you know, I don't want to drop names. There's guys yeah. that have meat businesses that have been to the farm for tours that are already interested in that Wagyu cross uh, beef. So it's, you know, we can't sit on our laurels. We can't, we can't rest. We can't do the same thing we've done thinking it's the definition of insanity. If I'm going to do the same thing I did yesterday, looking for a different result. Right. And we didn't make a whole lot of money yesterday. So we ain't going to make it today. What are we going to do today? Right, something different. It's, a, it's it's similar to whiskey, you know. When you've, yeah. you you know, it's a born on date. You put it in the barrel, and you're like, okay, I've chosen this barrel with this char with this wood, and it goes to, in clear. And you know, am I going to keep it for three years, or I'm going to keep it for six or eight or ten years? You right. know, but you're 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 investing in a commodity that you're hoping it's you know it's going to pay out both in flavor and 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 make money as well. Exactly. Life ain't that perfect, is it? No. I mean, I guess you won't know with, with the, you know, until they go to slaughter. Right. Now, what... Uh, so, yeah. yeah, go on. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, right, yeah. So, so we've created the perfect cow. Right. Can what, I... Can I at, yeah. what, at what age or point do we move on from that? <laughs> wow, that is a really roundabout way to get to the... Like the... <laughs> harvest the, date. The harvest <laughs> date. And it seems like... Piggybacking what you're saying, happy, happy cow, happy life. You know, happy. Absolutely, it's like happy it's, chicken. It, they yeah. seem. We went to the farm. Yeah. we saw. They're awesome. They're. They, well looked they seem they're happy. Very yeah. Right. And does that play uh, when they finally do go to slaughter? That would be my follow up question. Does it affect the taste of the meat as well? Okay. Yes, and to go back to the first question yeah. is, we have some that we can finish at 16. You know. Cattle, they're not all cookie cutters. So right. some of them eat more. Some of them convert better. So, so it's done by weight? So they'll put on weight better. Okay. So um, okay. They'll convert feed to the ratio of how many pounds of feed to one pound of gain okay. uh, will be better. So some of them will, you know, 16, 17 months, we can get one. We don't, there's places that feed um, harder than I feed, but uh, we're anywhere from you know, 16 to 20 months. Okay. They're, they've gone to their happy place. Right, right, right. 
and how we we learned with Evans and Evans Farm that there are farms that you know the the entire life of the animal is is well looked after, um, and then they go to a slaughterhouse. And we've learned that slaughterhouses are very different as far as morally and ethically how they're run, um, depending on the place that you go to. Does that play a part in what you do and your decisions? I've used the same slaughterhouse in Massachusetts for since the beginning almost. Uh, When I found them, they had just built, rebuilt. They'd had a massive fire and they'd lost their entire facility. They built a brand new facility and they... Their handling facilities was designed by Dr. Temple Grandin. That is who, so the slaughterhouse Evans and Evans used upstate yeah. was as well. Yeah. I didn't she's realize. kind of the, the leader in this. Yeah. Um, the it's like movie. a franchise, is it? It's like a chain store? She just, I don't know. She's, she's popping up all over the place. Because she's, she knows how to. She's the cow whisperer. Well, yeah. Kind of. That's I mean, cool. she's. You know, the movie really brought her a little bit more to light. Uh, but people in the industry have known about her designs and the work that she's done for a long time. The movie? Uh, there was a movie that was made uh, two or three years ago uh, about her. And I can't remember even who starred in it. Hmm. Um, but it was about her from, you know, being a troubled child all the way up to where she is. On the, on the a, spectrum. Autistic. A, oh, really? Yeah. Yep. yeah. She's oh, wow. autistic. And she created oh, a... Oh, and they did the whole... Um, I do remember that. Yes. Yeah, she made a hugging machine That's when right. she was uh, right. in college. There's a whole format of how she's going to move the cattle through to their final destination, which is a happy place. Yeah. That's really cool. And right, low we'll stress. You yeah. know, the way I look at it is I have nine months where this calf was in its mother. Yep. You know, growing in the oven. Yep. I have 18 months where I'm taking care of it and feeding yep. it every day. Yep. Why do I want to take a chance and ruin all that right. by taking it somewhere that I don't trust? And that's something so that's that awesome. that is something that's that awesome. we found that's because awesome. you, you hear all these stories of these great farms, and then we've heard some horror stories of. Uh, I mean, obviously the they're, Amazon, they're all right. overseen by USDA, but I is that like the stress level goes through the roof right. the second that they get there, and their last hour of life right. is is horrible. Right, it's like it, Green Mile. <laughs> Right. Well, kind of. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I have such a relationship with a place that I use. That's awesome. Um, I can't imagine going anywhere else. That's amazing. That's um, really cool. I learned very early on. I had three or four steers up there that were hanging or ready to be cut. They dry age all of my carcasses for sixteen or seventeen days. Oh wow. Um, and I had a customer call and wanted a special order, wanted something cut, something really weird. And I'm like, hold on, let me see what I can do. I called up to the slaughterhouse, and it's three generations of a family that work yeah. together. And Noreen answers the phone, and I told her what I wanted. She goes, hold on, hold on, hold on. She drops the phone. She runs into the cutting room. She stops the guys. They were literally about to go. They were cutting my carcass. Right. She stopped them. She came back in. She took my cutting instructions and went back out, changed the whole that's the order. Wow. And made it work for me. And I'm like, what? Perfect. What more could you ask for? Absolutely. That's, that's that, that is, pretty that, cool. That is. That is. That's, 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 that had to be eight years ago. Wow. 
So that's a and can you share the name of the the slaughterhouse? Absolutely, Adams Farm Slaughterhouse in oh. Athol, okay. Massachusetts. Cool. I that's mean, that's, yeah, we just can't say Delta or Corona. <laughs> yeah, we can. Um, the, did I just say it? You just said Delta oh. and Corona. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so on. so Adam's Slaughterhouse, and they're up in Massachusetts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Two hours and 45 minutes from the farm. We're supposed to be maybe doing a podcast with the monks at Spencer oh, yeah. Brewery. So maybe we so tie that? that in as a follow-up from here and visit oh, them. There you go. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. So from start to finish, knowing your farmer, knowing this Angus, like as a consumer... I am totally good with, and not everyone out there is good with eating meat or whatever, and that's fine. Yep. But we have a we have a great picture from beginning to to end, end yeah. which is really cool, yeah. and that's what it's all about. Yeah, it, there's no reason for anybody to be scared of eating. <laughs> right. it, it, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Right. Just whether it's on the label or whether it's fake news right. or whether... Yeah. Right. Oh, did I say that yeah. out loud? No. Yeah, you can say that. That's right. Okay. You're say you just can't say Corona. <laughs> or Delta. Or Delta. Corona or Delta. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so... What's your plans for... I have one, few, one, oh, yeah. one other quick question. How do you distribute? Not distribute. What is... There's health benefits. So the whole, you know... Rumors of, you know, if you get big ag beef that um, has spent its entire life eating GMO'd corn, and if you eat that, you know, you can have it once a week because the saturated fats are much higher and you're more likely to have clogged arteries and a heart attack. What's the deal with that? Go for it. Not from what they ate at all. <laughs> um, be lifestyle, maybe? Life, well, true, yeah. Uh, you know, Don't like blame if me you my beef. smoke and drink a lot, then... Uh, no. I don't know that there's any way that you could test meat to tell the difference whether it ate GMO grain or non-GMO grain or organic grain. You're taking somebody's word for it, which kind of falls back into the truth in advertising, and if you don't trust... I mean, it wasn't that long ago there was a guy in Iowa... He was the second largest organic grain dealer in the United States, and they just busted him because it was all a lie. Oh, my God. Um, So, you know, again, it goes back to knowing where you you have the option, know where it came from, or be okay. And and be okay knowing that we have the safest food supply in the world. There's more safeguards in place to protect the public. And the farmer. The degree. public. <laughs> Take it with a grain of corn. <laughs> wow, Bullshit. I think we need to move. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so a lot, a lot of that is consumer bullshit that kind of goes out. You have to, as a consumer and not being a farmer, you have to kind of sift Work through that. Work it out that. for yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know? And there's, you know, if you look at the marketing material from a grass finish guy. He'll say that it has higher levels of whatever vitamin B, whichever one it is. I forget. But the, they're so minute, the levels. Yes, they're higher. But the difference is minuscule. Right. Right. Um, you know, know the fact that if you're eating beef, you're getting all the zinc, iron, and protein that you need. Uh, zip. Oh, I like that. The way that. I remember it. Zinc, iron, protein. Yeah. Oh, got it. 
Got it? Zip. Zip. That, that's the only useful tidbit I'll have I got for it. that. But. And you, uh, how often do you eat red meat? I mean, you, you know the rumor with... Um, Five days a week. What's his name? The actor, uh, John Wayne. Do, do you know that whole... John, I'm... So when John Wayne died, right? This is John Wayne. When he died, and I guess they did Was didn't. he the mobile man? No. Okay. They did an autopsy on him, obviously, I guess. Or you don't have to do an autopsy. But the rumor is that he died with something like... 50 pounds of undigested red meat in his gut. <laughs> really? I find that very difficult to believe. He number was a one. big man. He was a big man. He, you know, he's the kind of guy that liked, you know, Maybe he's a, a can- bone-in ribeye probably, you know, at least once a day. He was a That's cannibal. my favorite. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, you how often do you eat meat? Uh, red, or meat red, or red meat. Your red meat. Probably five days a week. Wow. And what's your favorite cut? Or does it kind of differ depending upon what you want to do? Yeah, right. uh, a little bit, but I mean, if if, if I'm going to have a steak, it's going to be a ribeye, okay. without bone. a doubt. Bone in, always bone in, always bone in. So much more flavor. Okay, um, and you know, I can't beat you can't beat a good burger. Right. That's and you you can do so much with ground beef. You had your was this your first real burger? Probably yes. That is bizarre. Yeah, and I'm glad I could be a part of it. Wow. That's Thank a, you, mate. That was your first. It was. That's beautiful. I would like to try and do a good shepherd's pie with it. You, yeah, we got to do a shepherd's pie with it. Yeah. Next week. Yeah. Oh, I'm, the, I'm the master of the shepherd's pie, mate. Yeah, this guy is, yeah. this is the master. He's, oh, yeah. a, yeah. he's a shepherd's pie whisper. He can, he can talk to a shepherd's pie. He can Let's right. talk. Let's yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah we so we, we had a burger here, which was phenomenal, um, but it was a special here. It was, Jal- yeah, jalapenos. Special yesterday. Yep. Still special today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jalapenos, cheese, uh, cheese uh, bacon. Well done, bacon. Chipotle and mayonnaise. Sriracha. Sriracha mayonnaise. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to try and butcher <laughs> that one. <word again. laughs> Did you say butcher? <laughs> I can say butcher. Yeah, we, we need a bell. <laughs> like, ding. Right. Are uh, we keeping score? Or? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So, so you have five days a week. You're in, you seem like you're in good health. Um, okay. And again, everything in He's moderation. He's got a leg missing. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. That's right. It'll grow back. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it just depends upon what what you're in the mood for. Yeah, without a okay. doubt. I mean, you try to mix it around. Usually, the unfortunate side of it is when I had the retail store open, it was I would eat what other people broke right. because everybody right. wants to paw through the packages right. and, and cry a vac if you're rough with it it gets a little cloudy on the inside and then nobody buys it. It right. kind of ends up like an heirloom tomato that it's the ugly misfit that oh, sits buddy. off to the side. We're allowed to say misfit market. Misfits? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What about ugly? <laughs> they say ugly. That's okay. fine. Cook tomato ugly. I like ugly tomatoes. They taste the same. <laughs> See, there you go. Um, what's the deal with uh, farms in New York when you get meat from a farm? A lot of time it's frozen. You don't have the option of, of getting it fresh. Not fresh. <clears throat> Good questions. Thank you. You're uh, welcome. It is. A lot of it is liability, trucking. So the slaughterhouse wants to freeze it immediately. Because way. of their own liability. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. They leave it fresh, and then you come and pick it up, and you don't... A lot of farmers don't have access to refrigerated vehicles right. uh, to transport it, so you're going to come pick it up fresh. Then they're not... 
in control of what the temperature of that meat is while you take it home and then you're going to put it back in the fridge maybe and then sell it to somebody else and then maybe they leave it on the seat of their car for a little while. Oh shit. There's just too many variables. There's too many yeah. variables. Okay, so, what so then why do you get fresh meat? Or is it like sushi? It's been frozen at one point. Probably not. Um, but that's all bigger bigger outfits. That's coming from your IBPs, your Tysons, you know. Okay. Big outfits. It's not dry aged. It was harvested this morning, it was boxed this afternoon, and it was shipped to a Hannaford's or a Tyler gotcha, or right, whoever. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. And, um, Is there a, so if, so when we're buying meat from you, it's typically frozen. Yes. Um, is there a difference in flavor between? None. None. Okay. None. It's, it's flash frozen. Yep. Immediately. Yep. Um, they it, do the same thing with Alaskan king crab. It is, yeah. it's always frozen. So is shrimp so, for the most part. So there's no shelf life. Right? If it's well, frozen from the beginning, and you keep it frozen until you need it. As long as the packaging doesn't get uh, damaged. Right. You're good to go. I've, I've had sirloin steaks that were six years old. Still good? Absolutely no difference in That's flavor. good to know. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's, we've come a long way, not only, you know, in agriculture, but in all aspects of it, you know. Yeah, the, right. The processing, the packaging, right. the, you know, Handling. how they have the little yeah. bone sleeves they put over the end of the ribeye, the bone-in ribeye, so it doesn't poke the cryovac. That's cool. Yeah, so you don't get freezer yeah. burns. Yeah, exactly. Right. 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 Yep. And what's the deal? Do you do, what's the whole quarter cow, half cow, cow and a half, cow, like that's the whole thing. Hey, yeah, yeah, we're going in a cow together. I just you want, want to the tongue. In? Right. What is, how does that work out? And do you do it? Yes, we do it. Uh, you get 25 or 50%. Okay. Of everything. So, uh, you know, if uh, typically what, you know, we split the carcass in half at the slaughterhouse. It's split down the middle. So you got two heads equal halves. Yes, head okay. to tail. Thank you. That's a nice way to. Excuse me. Yeah. I, I never thought about it before, but I guess somebody could think you'd right. you know, cut it at the six rib or something. Yeah. And no. yeah. Head to tail. Okay. Head to tail. So you're exactly the same on both sides. And if you. Depending upon how things are going to cut, but if you know if, if there's twelve porterhouses on a side, you know if you want a quarter, you're going to get six. Gotcha. We just cut everything in half. You get half of everything. You get half a brisket. You get gotcha. half of the ground cool. beef. You get. And you get it gotcha. all at once. You get so, it all at once. So it's not like a CSE. No. Okay. Now, if you want to do that, you just come and buy. Right, right, right. Yeah. So get yourself a big freezer. Yeah. Yeah. So we try to. Uh, that's how I started. That was our first foray was to try to sell as many halves and quarters as we could. Right. Because it was a nice chunk of change that comes all at once. Right. And you get it out of the freezer. And I'm not tying up freezer space. Right. And is it more co- is it cost effective? For the people buying it, it's the best way to do it. Okay. For you? So for the people buying it. What about for you? It's better than sending them to an auction. Yeah. Right. Um, I like to say that it typically works out to you're buying a large quantity, but you're paying High-end ground beef price for everything, right? Is about what it works. And is it like a is it like a CSE where you sign for CSE and you have? Did you, you not have, listen you, to me like two minutes ago? No, when I, I just asked exactly the same question. Did you ask that? Yeah. About the kale. Yeah. And the ground meat. Yeah. Oh, awesome! I didn't hear. Go go for it. Right, we did it. Okay, we did it. All right. <laughs> I was working on cameras. I know you were. <laughs> so it doesn't work like a CSE. It doesn't work like it's a, a one-off thing. It's a one-off, right? Yeah. Right. You commit. But you get a decent amount. You're not picking up. Oh no! You're fifty pounds of ground meat and a steak. No, no. Okay. It's typically 
a third ground meat, a third steaks, and a third that's great roasts, kebabs, right. Right. stew meat, you know, something other. That's great. So, and people purchase that package from you directly. Yes. Oh, okay. uh, online. What's that? Online? No. Okay. No. They, they come to you. Me. and yeah. Come yep. to you. We have a chat. Give you a call. Call Doug. Yeah. One eight hundred Doug. Doug. So we. So um, when you buy ground meat, especially from a grocery store, you can get 80, 90, right. 93. I find that that's not always true. I mean, I've had... How's that work? My wife gets like, she'll get 90, 95% meat. <laughs> and I, I, put it, I, I put it on the grill and, and the, entire thing flame, <laughs> <laughs> the entire thing flames up. I'm like, there's no way this is 90% lean. Right. But I, I guess it's, there's a leeway with that as far as consumers go. I'm, and again, I don't know what the legal leeway is. We, I have a recipe. Okay. When we, when I give my instructions for how to cut steers, I have a recipe of what goes into the grind, mm-hmm. and that ends up. We, sh- we hope that it's an eighty. Okay. You know, it's eighty, that's eighty-two. Your aim, right? That's our, you know, that's our aim. But my more of my bigger focus is how does it taste? Right. I don't care what number it is. Right. I don't put it on the package. Right. But I want it to taste good. Right. If we get the closer I get to ninety, the less I like to eat it. Okay. So it seems like this the sweet spot is kind of eighty to eighty five. Eighty to eighty five. Okay. Yeah. And again, that's probably personal opinion. We have a lot of people that ask for ninety, and I just I don't have it. And right. if, it, if, if it, you want to buy two hundred and fifty pounds of it at a time, right. I'll make right. it for right. you. Yeah. Right. yeah. But yeah. right. Or blend your own. Yeah. And if fat's coming out of your meat, drain it. There you go. There you go. Done. It, <laughs> does, it does cook away. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I just toss it out. Right. right. There you go. <laughs> so you've thought about uh, when we pulled into the farm, there was a big uh, freezer there like that goes on the back of a truck. You're thinking about doing the, the, the old-fashioned delivery. Delivery. Yeah. We're, the, we're the milkman. Right. <laughs> I don't need any more rumors about me, but, but uh, <laughs> you should, mate. But yeah, no, we're we're kicking the idea around right now of doing a home delivery route and trying to get my youngest son involved and kind of going backwards. I think That's there's cool. a little bit more. Of, I think there's a market for it. I don't know that there's a need for it, but I think there's a market for it. I agree. And I think people um, want to go backwards. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. Yeah. yeah, I agree. A little bit. Sometimes we get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, and we're. We're pushed to move forwards, and then you actually miss what you had. So go back to it. And for, for what about as far as restaurants and um, uh, between restaurants and individual consumers, price-wise, you know, is it would a restaurant more likely go to a big ag type farmer or meat provider versus? You showing up with your what's what's the differences there? I can't compete on a price with yeah. what they're going to get off of a right. chef's warehouse or a Ginsburg truck, or but it's a different product. Yeah, right? you're talking about a you know a dry aged local product versus a product that best case scenario is maybe they they're getting a CAB product. Of, can I say certified Angus beef? Absolutely. You just, okay. you just did. All right. We might get a knock on the door. That's all right. That's okay. We'll open it. It won't be our first. Nope. Uh, Tyson. Monsanto. Delta. Shh. Okay. <laughs> but there are, there are more and more restaurants that are trying to support local, 
there's a farm to fork movement that's you know been Huge. growing yep. yeah uh, and it's actually I've, I've watched it you know you can yeah. see it coming out of new yep. york city yep. and i've Absolutely. watched it go all the way across yep. the state and it's, it waves yep. and all these all these cities in the hudson valley that are going through a renaissance right now we've spent a lot of time in newburgh and you know, obviously beacon and they um people want to you know that that comes with a price like I, I mean could you imagine the actual farmer like no, right. this is my beef. Right. Yeah, I raised it. Yeah, from yeah. from start to finish, yeah. it's now in my my truck that I own, and I can sell that to you for whatever I want. Right, right. I think that's Even more what I've done. Right. Right. right, whether or not they pay it is right. a whole other story. Right, right. I mean, but it's it's one of the cool things, and it's really cool to come here. You know, to your local. Come. I was I was a little surprised, and I thought that was really cool. We got a monster burger fries loaded for you know thirteen ninety five fourteen ninety five. Yeah, brilliant. you're going to pay that for for big ag Brazilian beef anyway. Right, right. Brazilian beef. There's a right. Yeah, even though it may say that it's a product of the USA, it may or may not be because the meat packers can control all that. I have a. We were talking about that. I have a big problem with that. It's, you know the fact that it says product of USA. It is. The antithesis of that, you know, maybe maybe the sperm was shipped down, cryovacked to Brazil to artificially inseminate. Does that mean it's a product of America? If it was in the test tube that was uh, created in the USA, maybe. I don't know. If it's uh, if it's further processed in the USA, I believe is how they can get away with putting on there that it's a product of the USA. They can bring in primals and subprimals and then cut them and package them. Damn. With an American company. Well, and most of the big meat packers aren't even American companies, right. but right. they control they Angels. control the industry. I think right. Right. I talked to a good friend of mine a couple of months ago and they raise a lot of steers and she said their profit right now is like $50 a head on steers that they're feeding out. Brazil. No, in Hit, the U.S. In the U.S. Yeah, that's what they're making per head is $50 a head. And the meat packers are making like six and $700 a head. Oh, my God. For, you know. Doing their job. The half right. a day that it's in their, right. in their plant. Right. It's, wow. It's just, it's completely upside down. Right. That is wrong. We're killing American agriculture and it's, you know, I don't know about the, New York, I think it's the number one sector of the economy. Is agriculture. Is agriculture. Yeah. No farms, no food. You think about it. You need a doctor once in a while. You never need a NFL wide receiver to help you out, really. Right. Um, you don't know when I ever needed a politician. Yeah. But I need a farmer every day. Yep. Because I'm going to eat. Yep. And I'm going to drink. Yep. Yep. And I can't drink whiskey without a farmer. Yep. <laughs> or a distiller. <laughs> right. Right. And I can't eat meat with a farmer. And, it's, I th and we're not a political podcast but it it's a little sad that in this day and age that is we're not we are not looking out for our farmers but you know what people are now having conversations like this which they weren't 30 years ago right right, right. consumers were right. blind at least right at least yeah. it is now talked about i guess so yep you're right yeah and there's a segment of the population that's willing to pay a premium for what they want right Whatever that is, right. I'm, and I, you know, yep. Yep. and when the economy's good, that's great too. Yep. Absolutely, you know, yep. you can afford to do that. Right. Yep. Are there are there whether you're big ag or small ag? Are there 
advocacy groups out there that oh, support you? Sure. Like, oh yeah, I'm sure there are, but are there yeah. major ones that y- you? And it depends on which way you you know. There's a little bit of a dissension among some of them. You know, some of them put a little more attention on the political right. side, trying to influence politicians. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them, the more the grassroots the organization is. You know, we have a beef council in New York that's amazing. That's good to hear. Um, they're actually looked up to from all over we have beef councils from i think four or five other states in the united states that send money to the new york beef council so that they can do the work for them that's how good they are oh wow um all right you know it's represented yes we're good we have excellent staff in new york i can't i can't thank them enough for all the work that they do because so they their job basically is to create demand for beef and to educate people on not only the health benefits but New ways to cook it, new ways to yeah. way to, to get it, um, new recipes, new ways to cut beef so we get more saleable product out mm. of a carcass. Well, um, that's great. Is there a lot of waste when you butcher? Not as much as there used to be. Okay, uh, we're finding better ways. I mean, there's a whole beef checkoff kitchen that just works at how to get the most out of the carcass and new ways to, you know, new steaks that have come out that we didn't have. 20 years, the flat iron steak, the Denver steak, you know, we didn't know what the hell they weren't, well, they weren't made of yet. Yeah. You know, they, somebody in the kitchen figured out that if you unroll the chuck, you know, and the third muscle in the chuck or the shoulder cloud, I don't even remember anymore. Uh, but you can get the flat iron steak and you cut it out of the, you know, and it's just, this is, this is where our, so every time a beef type animal is sold, we give a dollar to the checkoff. That's cool. And 50 cents stays in your state that they're sold in, and 50 cents goes to the national organization. That's cool. And I think our state money is some of the best spent. There's a lot of guys who disagree with how the federal money is spent, or the national money. I shouldn't say federal, because that gives the idea that it's government, but which they're kind of tied together. But It's 50 cents. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> and you've had, uh, you mentioned earlier, you had the Culinary Institute of America come by. That's pretty, that's great to see. We've done a lot of tours at the farm. Okay. Uh, the culinary's been. We brought uh, school decision makers in once. We've had, um, what's the big restaurant chain in Connecticut? Um, I've got nothing. Not like a, not like a, not high, like a. High like end. High like end. Oh, no. No. One of the big restaurant groups. Anyway, uh, no, a grocery store. Uh, oh, okay. Wagner? Stuart Leonard. Oh, Stu Leonard. Stu Leonard came to the farm. He brought oh, all cool. of his meat managers. No he came way. himself. Yeah. Came on a bus. It was kind of cool. We did a little one-day deal. We That's did great. a uh, We did a little taste test kind of a deal. Oh, cool. We actually had um, Kevin's wife, Tracy, brought some sunflower oil out from cold-pressed oh, oils, and we had that with some bread. It was, we had a nice day. That's great. Cool. Um Education is such a huge part of what we do because if we can't get anybody to eat beef more than once a month or think that it's bad or spread the news that it's not. So that hurts, right? Right? Yep. Bad news is. Yep. Gonna kill you. Bad media is horrible. Yep. Yeah. Misinformation. Absolutely. So, what are your. All right. Your son obviously works with you. Um, You said he's not. Will he eventually take over, you think? He wants to dump my me oldest, out, doesn't he? My oldest son will. Okay. Um, he's, Gunner's 21, and this is, he's going to do this forever. You know, you, right. you know it. I mean, I knew it when I was 
six years old. Right, I knew right, this right. was what I was going to do for the rest of my life. That's cool. Gunner knows it. Yep. Uh, my youngest son, Tucker, he wants to be a part of it, but he doesn't really want to be a farmer. So okay. that's cool. You know, yeah. We're trying to figure out how we can fit him in where, right. you know. He's comfortable, right? Yeah. It's a, and the reason I'm asking is just, you know, with the younger generation now is it's a very different. It's such a huge different. I mean, the number of kids that we've tried to get to work on the farm over the years. Yeah. They, one, they don't work. Right. And two, they want $20 an hour. Yep. Right. And I'm like, listen, I'm not making $20 an hour. But do you think that trend is like reversing in the last couple of years? So you used to get those kids that weren't interested and they wanted all the money. But do you think we're turned around now that kids are actually giving a crap and wanting hands-on stuff and it's less about the money, but where we're at, you know what I'm saying? Maybe a little bit. Well, I, think yeah. I, I think I see... Potential. There's potential there. You see more... If you walk around the village, I see more kids with work shoes on, right. I guess, right. than I do penny loafers. Or, Correct. That's right. good to right. see. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. You know, yeah. this is a small town. Right. You see more and more pickup trucks. You've got your hipsters who want to get... Come up their, for the weekend. Yeah, and get their fingernails yeah. dirty, and then go and get a manicure. <laughs> that was very nice. I have no problems with that. I like a good Manny Petty. <laughs> Me too. And a happy on, ending. Uh, I don't think they can do much for <laughs> no, that one. Yeah, yeah, no, that one's no. screwed. Doug just gave us a finger. <laughs> yeah. Or what was left of it. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I cannot thank you enough for coming on and kind of oh, just, brilliant. there's a lot of questions. I'm sure there's some questions that we've missed, but oh, 101 of them. Right. Right. I'm but if, sure. you, but if we have missed them and you've listened to this podcast and you have questions, you can call Doug personally. Yeah. Um, just look up Wallbridge farm and, um, Millbrook, New York in Millbrook, New York yeah. right I'm now. Can you, can you buy online? Number one. Um, or do you, are you have a location that you can go to that right now you can't buy online. Okay. Um, we're doing wholesale orders, halves and quarters, and big orders, special orders off the farm. Uh, if you're in the Millbrook area and you want to go to a restaurant, you can go to Nooch's Pub or the Millbrook Cafe. Are both right here in town. Both serve our meat. Uh, the market at Mabbitsville serves all has all of our frozen cuts for sale, as well as the farm store at Black Snake Brewery in Statsburg. Well, and if you're south of here in Westchester. Uh, da, 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 da. Hudson Milk Company. Hudson Milk Company. Uh, Wait, hey, is a home delivery company of course, based of course. out of Mayapak. Oh, wow. And that's they cool. have all of my frozen meat. Oh, oh we're going we're there. We're checking that out. We'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, go yeah. we'll go there. We'll go there. That's pretty yeah. All right, cool. Well, thank you Beautiful. so much. We appreciate coming on. We're looking forward to... Uh, we had the burgers, but we're going to have to get some some steaks at some point. We'll, we'll report back. Absolutely. Pretty we maybe do a steak for whiskey trade. Oh, we could work on that. Yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah, now we're moving, <laughs> baby. <laughs> on that note, uh, <laughs> all right. Thanks Cheers. again. Cheers. Thanks for stopping by and listening in. Check us out as well as other great podcasts at Food and Beverage Magazine's Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And remember to eat, imbibe, and dream. See you next show.